This is AWLS, Podcasts on Wilderness Medicine, from the University of Utah School of Medicine. Hi, this is Richard Ingebretson from the University of Utah School of Medicine. Thanks for listening to our AWLS podcast series. I remind you to always go to www.wildmedu.org to look at our other programs and ways that you can study and certify in uh, wilderness medicine, especially advanced wilderness life support and basic wilderness life support if you've not uh, studied those. One of the big questions that anybody has uh, for wilderness medicine is if somebody's injured, uh, but not necessarily seriously injured, but injured enough that uh, getting them out of the backcountry becomes a problem. For example, you might be on a day hike with your family or you might be climbing a small mountain or climbing that you twist an ankle. Um, what is the appropriate treatment for that, and how are you going to get them back out? Uh, through time, uh, the acronym for treating these sports kind of related injuries or athletic related injuries has been RICE, R-I-C-E, which stands for Rest, Ice, Compression, and Elevation. The recommendation for uh, using uh, this RICE approach uh, has come from a variety of sources. Past experiences, uh, friends have said it to you, coaches, athletic trainers, physicians. You read it in everything. It's out there. Uh, That is because RICE has been the common formula for these musculoskeletal and athletic injuries uh, for many decades now. Uh, This therapy uh, actually became uh, ubiquitous after it was published in the 1978 best-selling sports medicine book, that uh, uh, really was a very popular and first delineated therapy of this kind. Uh, it, it outlined rice therapy and using NSAIDs uh, to help uh, relieve the pain. And while this uh, therapy has ex- been used extensively with the idea that it does reduce pain and inflammation and thus gives a rapid return uh, to function, However, uh, when the primary purpose of treatment is to reduce pain, such therapies as RICE uh, are uh, very excellent tools. The problem is that while these strategies decrease pain, they also delay or reduce tissue healing. This is because repair of injured tissues relies on our body's inflammatory processes and a blood flow uh, to the damaged area that these therapies stop. The term inflammation uh, has a bad connotation or a bad rap. It's gotten that over the years for a variety of reasons, and and, and rightfully so. Inflammation and arthritis, inflammation and cancer, inflammation and heart disease. Uh, We hear about anti-inflammatory diets, anti-inflammatory medications, even anti-inflammatory devices to speed up recovery. And uh, a a lot of this is very important. But inflammation uh, is a a normal physiologic process that in uh, in, uh, damage to tendons and ligaments is crucial for the healing uh, process. Uh, This phenomenon involves inflammatory cells, which include platelets, macrophages, uh, mesenchymal cells, and things like that that migrate to the site of these tissue damages and help heal. When they arrive, the cells begin what really becomes a complex uh, process of tissue debridement, repair, and remodeling. 
the end result is hopefully a strong and healthy uh, structure. And you can visualize this process uh, uh, taking place when you see a healing cut on your skin. The same process happens internally when our tendons and ligaments and muscles are damaged. What happened after 1978 was that there was a lot of research done on uh, rice therapy, really looking at whether it did help or whether it didn't. And several decades later, the, the studies were really uh, showed that it, it really didn't help. Uh, and it really disputed this anti-inflammatory method for uh, uh, tissue healing. And in fact, the data showed that these methods uh, often slow or prevent tissue healing. Um, and in fact, the authors of that book in uh, 2015 uh, uh, rewrote the article and essentially recanted their ideas on that. So let's talk for just a second about the inflammatory process, uh, and then we'll relate it to uh, backcountry therapies. When a person damages tissue through trauma, such as a fall or something, uh, they develop muscle soreness by exercising very uh, intensely uh, afterwards. And um, uh, you heal by using uh, basically, uh, the immunity that our body has. The immunity is the same biological mechanism that is used to kill germ. It comes under the large uh, heading of inflammation. When germs get into your body, the immunity sends cells and proteins into the infected area to kill the germs. And the same thing happens uh, with muscles. When muscles and other tissues are damaged, the immune system sends the same inflammatory cells to the damaged tissue to promote healing. The response to both infection and tissue damage really is the same. Inflammatory cells rush to injure tissue to start the healing process. The inflammatory cells called macrophages release a very important hormone. It is called insulin-like growth factor, IGF-1. Uh, and while that's not necessarily important to remember the name of that, it's important to remember that that is an important part of healing. It helps heal damaged tissues. And then this helps muscles and other uh, injured areas of parts of the body to heal. Now comes the question of ice. Applying ice to reduce swelling and uh, decrease pain will actually delay healing by preventing the body from releasing IGF-1. So there's been a lot of studies uh, based on IGF-1. They've done them in, mostly in mice. But uh, if you delay the healing of the insulin-like uh, uh, growth factor 1, healing is delayed. And so comes the question, should you put ice on a wound afterwards? So applying ice to an injured tissue causes blood vessels near the injury to constrict. And that'll shut off the blood flow that brings in the healing cells of the inflammatory process. The blood vessels do not open again, maybe for up to several hours after the ice has been applied. This decreases blood flow and cause the tissue to die from decreased uh, uh, oxygen and sugars that come with the blood, and that can even cause a permanent uh, uh, nerve damage. So anything that reduces inflammation can delay healing. So now we're going to start to see kind of this problem uh, and, and how this may relate to uh, backcountry medicine. So not only can ice uh, uh, cause problems, but other uh, things can do that that will block the immune system. So ice is often used as a short-term treatment to help uh, backcountry athletes get back into walking or doing what they're doing. The cooling may help to decrease pain, but it interferes 
uh, with strength, speed, and endurance, and coordination that may be needed for climbing or whatever your activity is. So if you, uh, we went and looked through the medical literature on this, and there were at least 35 studies on the effects of cooling. Most of the studies used cooling for more than 20 minutes, and most reported that immediately after cooling, there was a decrease in strength, speed, and power ability, and agility based in their sport. So uh, a short rewarming period returned the strength, speed, and that coordination. So all of these authors generally recommend that if cooling is done at all to limit swelling, it should be done for less than five minutes, followed by progressive warming to uh, return back to your uh, activity. So comes the question now, uh, and sort of the uh, overarching uh, idea is that if rice therapy is wrong, that is, if if uh, ice and compression and elevation decrease the blood supply, thereby decreasing uh, the inflammatory markers that come back and help, uh, what can what can be done and what should be done. So it's genuinely uh, recommended now that the rice therapy not be used, uh, that there are other modalities. But that's kind of hard to say because we've all used rice uh, in our uh, programs for so long. So there has been proposed uh, what is now being called the MEAT approach, M-E-A-T, which stands for Movement, Exercise, Analgesia, and Treatment. Uh, this protocol is for uh, recovery of an injury. And backcountry medicine and backcountry help, we have to consider other factors than when you go back to a sports doctor or to a clinic. The overarching goal in uh, wilderness and backcountry medicine is getting people back to function as quickly as possible so if needed, they can get out. And we also have to point out that this, what we're talking about, doesn't talk about a fractured limb, like if you break a bone or you have a more serious internal or head injury, we're talking about athletic injuries, which are basically sprains and strains and tendinopathies and and, uh, things like this. So the MEAT protocol uh, relies on a slow progression of range of motion and the titration of exercise in order to actively and naturally uh, reduce the swelling and to help guide the tissue to heal in in its proper configuration. This is an excellent form of rehabilitation that... um, minimizes the detrimental uh, deconditioning effects of rest and uh, immobility that come from the RICE uh, protocol, These, uh, which would give you muscle atrophy, weakening of connective tissues such as the tendons and the ligaments. So in the long haul, the meat therapy is now what is starting to catch on as we try to recover ourselves. So if you, when you get home, uh, that is a more appropriate therapy than the RICE therapy. The rice therapy is going away very rapidly as it should, but that leaves um, uh, wilderness athletes uh, with, a, with a more serious problem, and that is what, uh, what do you do uh, if you need to get out or if, you need, if you're out and, and want to continue on. So uh, the recommendations for uh, uh, backcountry uh, work is if you are injured, and you, um, it, it isn't a broken bone, which is a whole other protocol, which we're not going to talk about. Stop the activity immediately and, and, and then assess. If the pain is severe and if you're unable to move or your, uh, your uh, friends or family are unable to move, or if you're confused or uh, lose even momentary consciousness, you should be checked to see if you require emergency medical attention. Open wounds should be cleaned and checked, of course. If possible, elevate the injured part to use gravity to help minimize swelling, and that's fine. 
A person uh, experienced in treating sports injuries should determine that no bones are broken and that movement will not increase damage when you get uh, back into more definitive care. If the injury is limited to muscles or other soft tissue, um, you can apply uh, a very light compression bandage to help them get back into their activities or help them get out of the backcountry. Since applying ice to an injury has been shown to reduce pain, and that's an important thing, reducing pain in the backcountry, it is acceptable to cool an injured part of the body, such as a sprained ankle or knee, uh, for a short periods soon after the injury occurs. You could apply the ice for, say, up to 10 minutes, remove it for 20 minutes, and then repeat the 10-minute application once or twice. There is no reason to apply ice more than six hours after uh, uh, the injury has occurred. And that will help somebody get out or at least get them uh, to recover to where they can continue on with their activity. Wilderness medicine is always a little uh, bit different than uh, front country medicine because uh, you're out in the wild and uh, you're away from uh, all important definitive care. So um, judgment and experience uh, is going to play a big role in the decisions of how you manage uh, an injury. Uh, minor injuries, patients usually can, be, uh, can try to go back into their sport as they feel that they're able to do. One rule is if you can uh, move and use an injured part uh, of the body, you can start to return to the activity that you were doing so long as the pain uh, is not severe. Um, what does that mean? That means um, sort of a general guideline is if you sprain an ankle, you're sure it's not broken, of course, it's just a sprain. If you can walk on it, go ahead, but if the pain is severe, then you need to pull back. And then you're going to have to have decisions about whether you're going to have to carry people out or have them help walk out uh, as much as they can. So um, wilderness medicine uh, uh, does not use the rice therapy, but interestingly enough, it doesn't use the meat therapy because the meat therapy is usually used for long-term rehabilitation. So in review, uh, Rice, uh, rest, ice, compression, elevation is, uh, is not how we uh, manage uh, the so-called athletic injuries. The meat protocol is more appropriate, particularly in front country settings where you're trying to re- rehabilitate uh, an injured uh, athlete or an in- injured hiker or someone who's been injured in the back country. As for managing acute injuries in the back country, ice is appropriate if you do it in short spurts and allow blood and other inflammatory markers to get into the injury. And wrapping an injury in the backcountry is also appropriate, or even splinting it, if that facilitates getting a patient back into the front country or helping them to get back into the sport uh, that they are doing, so long as the pain isn't severe enough uh, that it limits them. This ends the uh, podcast on uh, rice uh, therapy versus meat therapy and treatment of athletic injuries uh, in the backcountry. And as always, we thank you for listening.